Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're right? Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on set. You know, yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad You gotta love the big throat clear in the middle of the intro to uh, get the show started today. Till I got myself ready, ready to go. All right, it is a Thursday edition of the Gridiron Studs Show. Trying to do my due diligence here. Some things to talk about on the show today. Deflate Gate. We have a bit of a change in some things uh, having to do with Deflate Gate. It turns out people knew things a little bit more than they had led on. We're talking about Tom Brady and your New England Patriots caught cheating once more, once again. They have been caught cheating. And uh, what do we think about that? That's coming up on the show today. And also have a guest on my show today, Robert Bailey, president of Rosenhaus Sports. Sure, we're all familiar with Drew Rosenhaus, super agent who uh, has represented quite a few athletes from the South Florida area, many from the University of Miami. So happy to have president of Rosenhaus Sports, Robert Bailey, joining me here at the uh, bottom of the hour to close things out here. And in between that, anything you want to talk about having to do with high school football or college football recruiting, certainly available for that here over the next hour. The uh, fallout on the uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao fight continues. I've been on this really hot and heavy for uh, the entirety of the week. I guess some people thought that I would let it go after one day. No, I think I'm going to stay on it for the whole week. Just so tired of Mayweather fans trying to... uh, Get me to support that nonsense that they're calling the sweet science. 
Give me a break. I'm going to say it again. I appreciate, I appreciate what Mayweather has done from a business perspective. He has found a way to uh, cash in on uh, this sporting endeavor, we're calling it that. Found a way in life to make himself some pretty good money. And I'm not going to call him a bad boxer. No, it's not. But it has to be one of the uh, more boring prize fighters I think that there's ever been. If, you know, if you're going to sit up here and tell me you find that stuff entertaining, ducking and dodging and bouncing around and throwing a punch here and there just to collect points and get this thing to the judges, I just can't believe you. I just can't believe you. But nevertheless, I continue to battle with uh, Mayweather fans. You know, Mayweather fans, you know how I know he's a boring boxer? You know how I know? Because everyone says that he is, okay? You little handful of Mayweather fans there that continue to tell me, oh, it's just uh, entertaining and it's just so great. The craft, sweet science of boxing. Get out of here with that nonsense. People don't want to see that. I think they're making that loud and clear. There is a lawsuit that has been posted. That's how bad that fight was. People posted a... People are filing suit against Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. But before I even get into talk about the suit, you know what I've had all over Facebook, up and down my timeline? is People posting other fights. They're not posting clips of the fight that just happened. They're posting clips of other fights. I guess pretty much trying to say, this is what we had hoped to see. This is what we wish we would have seen. Or, oh, we're longing for the days where people did this. That's how you know the fight sucked. And there's just no other way to do it. That's that's the professional term for what that was. It sucked. Okay, it was a boring fight. People want to see action. Hagler Hearns, Leonard Duran. Kind of stuff they wanted to see. I'm not even going to talk about the heavyweights because I don't even think it's fair to compare uh, the heavyweights with, you know, welterweight boxes. I don't think that's the proper thing to do. Well, let's talk, you know, talking about welterweight. Some action, man. Pernell Whitaker was a very good defensive boxer. But he threw punches for crying out loud. Didn't do this dance around the ring and then pop shots here and there. No one wants to see that, man. Nobody. And so I've got old, nostalgic, throwback Thursday boxing matches all over my timeline. And this was being posted on Monday and Tuesday. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard even posted. Sugar Ray Leonard went out and posted a clip of when he fought Floyd Mayweather Sr. I mean, that's what's going on out here. And of course, you know, all of the uh, Floyd Mayweather minions jumped all over Sugar Ray Leonard's status. Wanting to tell us about the sweet science of boxing and 
you know, attack Sugar Ray Leonard's career. What a joke. So I'll say it again. A lot of you Mayweather fans don't even care for his boxing either because you don't even pay for it. You don't even go, you don't pay to see his fight. What you love more of his antics and his flight in the face of the establishment attitude. That's what you like. You don't really necessarily like his boxing. And that's what I've broken it down to. That stuff he does outside of the ring, that's his life, that's his business. A lot of times these guys in this position, a, lot, a whole lot of that is just selling himself as well. Sometimes it's not even really how a guy is. Selling his villain role, which he has totally embraced. People don't like him. He knows it, plays up to it. Because I'm telling you right now, the number one group of people that are buying Floyd Mayweather fights are the people who want him to lose, want to see him lose, don't like Floyd Mayweather. And trust me, that fact is not lost on Floyd Mayweather. He knows this. And so he builds haters uh, one brick at a time, and those haters are the ones who pay to see him lose. Genius, you must say. And I could see where that would endear people to such a man. That would probably get people to like you. And I think that's what's going on here. They like the fact that this guy has a lot of haters, and the haters are paying to see him lose, and he escapes loss fight after fight. And did you hear the word that I used? Escape. He escapes a loss. That is not exciting to me. I, too, chuckle at the antics. I, too, chuckle at his ability to uh, have these haters and have the haters be the one that fund his very lavish lifestyle and have him get paydays like $180 million. I, I, do, I do find that funny. But, man, in the ring, I, I'm not interested in that. That is not entertaining. Please stop saying that you think it is. Please see this for what it is. You're in love with his antics. You can't tell me it's more exciting to watch Floyd Mayweather box than it was to watch Roy Jones box. Come on, you cannot be serious. And please don't come to me with this nonsense about, uh, I am a true boxing fan. I'm a boxing purist. Get out of my face. You know, come on. I'm not trying to hear that from you. Because I know that is just foolhardy. I got one thing to say to Floyd Mayweather fans that want to tell me, oh, I'm a pure boxing fan. I appreciate the artistry of what he's doing in the ring. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's, 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 that's just one way to, that's just the only thing I need to say to you. Ridiculous. So you've got a whole bunch of people who are not very happy about that fight. And granted, I will I will admit this. There are uh, quite a few of those that are talking this lawsuit probably who are just in general pissed off that Floyd didn't get beat. And again, I do chuckle at that. Uh, a good amount of those people, too, felt generally, genuinely, let me say, cheated. A, by Floyd running around the ring. 
be by Manny Pacquiao not being able to put up any kind of offense and now turning around and seeing he uh saying that he was injured. So the lawsuit's four hundred million dollars. Fans want their money back. Now that they have learned that Manny Pacquiao, according to the lawsuit, had very little chance of beating Floyd Mayweather because of his injury-torn rotator cuff, which I believe uh, he has had surgery to repair. Me personally, the way Mayweather fought in that fight, good shoulder or not, it's going to be very difficult for Pacquiao to win. And if a guy's not going to open up any kind of offense at all, then it's going to be difficult to hit him. Going to run, duck, dodge, put his hands up. And if he's not looking to really throw punches, difficult. This crap that people want to call boxing. I mean, boxing involves boxing, throwing hands. I can't remember at all Floyd Mayweather throwing any combinations uh, of punches that were more than three, and three punches in a row. I just can't remember it in the fight. And so you have uh, Floyd Mayweather minions running around, posting pictures of uh, Floyd connecting on a punch, which is so ridiculous because, yes, he did connect on punches. You have to connect on a punch to win on a scorecard, but he did it one at a time. So your still picture of him connecting with Manny Pacquiao's face does nothing to say that the guy went in there and boxed and mixed it up. Stop posting that crap. Stop taking up Internet space with that nonsense. All right. You want to join me on the show today, the number to call is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. NFL draft just came up upon us. And uh, obviously... You've got some picks there that are going to do some good things, and we've got some picks that are going to do some not-so-good things. There may be some Hall of Famers out of this draft class. There most certainly will be busts because they are in every class. I just want to take a look back at the draft five years ago, 2010 NFL draft. For those who may have forgotten it, let's just take a trip down memory lane here real quick. The number one overall pick, Sam Bradford by the St. Louis Rams, I would classify as a bust this point due in large part to his injuries but I was not really big uh sold big time on Sam Bradford coming out anyway just didn't do it for me nevertheless he's out of there he's in Philadelphia now never really got it done for the Rams the number two pick was in the Dominic Su. he's uh definitely made his mark in the National Football League he was picked by the Lions he's now a member of the Miami Dolphins Tampa Bay Buccaneers Gerald McCoy on a team and a franchise that has not been all that great since the time he was picked, McCoy has done his job and done uh, has had a pretty good career and is an, a, an outstanding player. Man, how were things going back then? The Washington Redskins with the fourth pick picked Trent Williams. Now, three of the top four picks in 2010 came from Oklahoma. Has that ever been done? has to be some kind of a record. I mean, Oklahoma was getting it done back then. Three out of the top four picks were Oklahoma. So you had Oklahoma, Nebraska, and then Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Fifth pick overall, Eric Berry from Tennessee. Very good player for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
battling uh, a form of lymphoma right now. We hope he uh, wins that battle and can perhaps somehow get back on the football field. Wouldn't that be great? But Eric Berry, uh, a very good college football player and was a solid player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Some other notables in this draft, Cleveland Browns selected Joe Hayden, number seven. He's considered to be one of the top cornerbacks in in, uh, the NFL right now. Buffalo Bills picked C.J. Spiller, no longer a member of that team. Ryan Matthews was picked 12th by the San Diego Chargers, running back out of Fresno State, no longer with that team. Earl Thomas was the number 14 picked by the Seattle Seahawks, has had a great career and continues to as a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Number 15 picked Jason Pierre-Paul. He was defensive end out of South Florida. Typically not the place you go to get defensive ends. and You don't often see South Florida players pick this high in the draft, but JPP has been a very solid player for the New York Giants. Another Oklahoma Sooner was picked at number 21, Jermaine Gresham. Oklahoma ruled this 2010 draft. Demarius Thomas was picked by the Denver Broncos. And now, not I mean, though he was picked that high, I don't think people expected a ton out of Demarius Thomas. And many would have argued that he was picked too high in this draft, taking a wide receiver out of Georgia Tech, you know, who's, you know, you've seen their offense. Not very pass-centric. He was taken before Des Bryant. Nevertheless, and you, maybe he thanks Peyton Manning quite a bit for this, but Demarius Thomas is having himself a very fine NFL career and has lived up to this number 22nd, number 22 pick overall. The uh, aforementioned Des Bryant was picked up number 24 by the Dallas Cowboys having an outstanding career. There was a lot of uh, concern about his demeanor, character issues. Was famously asked by then-Dolphin GM, Jeff Ireland, if his uh, mom was a prostitute. If you didn't know about that, read that story up. Very interesting. So there was a lot of concern about him off the field. And uh, to Des Bryant's credit, he's had none of that. And he's uh, just produced like a madman for the Dallas Cowboys. So a great pick for them. How could anyone forget the next pick after Des Bryant? It was Tim Tebow, quarterback out of Florida, who has just resurfaced in the league. He's one of the most polarizing figures in the National Football League. Either love him or hate him. Many think he has no business being in the NFL, but here he is. Tim Tebow, back with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was, uh, this is his fourth team since 2010. Tebow was picked up by the Broncos, played a season, won a playoff game, and then was quickly ushered out. And, uh, Ended up a New England Patriot. Now he's a Philadelphia Eagle, and everyone is anxiously awaiting to see exactly what Tim Tebow is going to do. Tim Tebow is kind of like Floyd Mayweather. 
He has his fans, uh, but he has many people who do not like him. Not personally. Hard to dislike Tim Tebow on a personal level. Just don't think he should have this many opportunities to play quarterback in the NFL since it uh, is obvious to these people he just can't play the position. I dare say, yep, he doesn't throw the prettiest ball. We've had guys in like that in this league. Tim Tebow, though, has proven himself to be a winner. Like that or not, he's proven himself to be a winner. As bad as he throws that football, he took the Denver Broncos into the second round of the playoffs. And he was quite green at the time. So I say give the guy his shot and let's see if his magic, whatever that may be, whatever he gives off, let's see what value that has. I think that scares a lot of people. I think that scares people. But nevertheless, I see a lot of similarities between Floyd Mayweather and Tim Tebow. Very polarizing figure. And uh, so those were some of the big things that went down in the 2010 NFL draft. Definitely a lot of busts. Kareem Jackson, cornerback, was picked 20th by the Houston Texans. We've not seen much from him there now, have we? Devin McCourty was the number 27 pick overall by the New England Patriots. And Kyle Wilson was picked by the New York Jets. Was going to be a great nickel corner. I guess he's still doing that. And the Saints also picked a cornerback. Patrick Robinson out of Florida State. Hasn't done much in uh, his NFL career. So, I'm going to jump into a break. When we get back, we'll talk some uh, college football recruiting and uh, high school football recruiting. What do we think about the early, early offers? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, Put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now.
Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! All you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. But we are on the East Coast. We're ahead of you guys out West. But it's a, a 10:27. Okay, you're at it again. New England Patriots have uh, been accused of cheating. This time there is uh, some pretty good evidence against. I guess you could say. Uh, some text messages showing the ball boys for the New England Patriots discussing the, uh, how do we call this, the level of inflation in the balls. I'm not going to go there today with this whole thing. I'm not going to do the whole play on words, but nevertheless, talking about the uh, level of inflation of the balls and how it has been manipulated and you could read into the story. The NFL has a 243-page report about this. I mean, <laughs> you needed that many, 243 pages? I mean, that many trees had to die for this? But in the 243-page report, the NFL investigator Ted Wells 
who is uh, Johnny on the spot to do these things. He is the number one tree killer in the United States. But nevertheless, Ted Wells found that the Patriots employees violated the league rules covering game balls and that Brady was at least generally aware of the plans to doctor the footballs to his liking. The report found some of Brady's claims were implausible, adding, it's unlikely that an equipment assistant and a locker room attendant would deflate game balls without Brady's knowledge and approval. I would even add to that without Brady's behest. I mean, how do you even begin to do something like this? Would an equipment assistant and a locker room attendant just take it upon themselves to deflate footballs? Has to come from somewhere. And that somewhere is not going to be the locker room assistant or the equipment assistant. I think we know where that came from. But we've got to ask ourselves, how much of a factor is this in the actual outcome of a game? Is it significant? It very well could be. Very well could be. so. And, you know, you have some fans of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots wanting to trivialize this. But in an NFL playoff matchup, and it has been said many times that the league has a lot of parity, and in no place does that parity show up more than in a playoff game. We have two really, really good teams, and there isn't much. That separates two. I mean, there's another saying that goes, football is a game of inches. And so in a game of inches, getting this kind of an edge certainly could be the deciding factor in uh, winning a game. So what do we really make out of this? Are we in the camp of, hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying? Or are we in the camp of, you know, enough already with the New England Patriots, and they're cheating. They film practices. They're filming sidelines. We can go all the way back to the snowplow. Now we're deflating footballs, and this is just the stuff that they've been caught on. Like, what other ways have they cheated? We start to wonder about that. Tom Brady's father says he's been framed, not believing any of that. Not at all. So I'm going to go ahead and believe, as I did from the outset, that Tom Brady had knowledge of it, may have even ordered up such shenanigans, and it was just carried out by the uh, simple employees of the New England Patriots. Maybe it is easier to throw a ball with less air in it and catch a ball with less air in it. Go ahead and say that it is. Otherwise, we don't even have this going on. And so for those who would say, you know, uh, no big deal, no big outcome in the game. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, which there is some truth to that. But we got rules for a reason. And so Tom Brady may face a suspension on this. going to be very interesting to see how the NFL handles that whole suspension thing. If, in fact, they do suspend him, and if they suspend him for how long. 
I mean, this is a marquee player for the league. We know the league does everything that it can to protect its image and to maximize revenue. And um, how long can they afford to have Tom Brady on the shelf, one of the premier players in the National Football League? How long are you sitting him for knowing about footballs being deflated? How many games should he be suspended for? Is this a one-game suspension, two-game suspension? Should he be suspended at all? I don't know, man. Maybe a serious fine would be in order. And if you're going to suspend him, good grief, one game. NFL comes out with some nonsense, like three or four games. Uh, I'm going to join the Brady backers and say that's a bunch of BS. Because first off, I'm not even sure he should be suspended. But if he is, one game sufficient. Maybe you're thinking about that at the end of the year. If you happen to lose that game and you're the New England Patriots and you end up missing home field advantage throughout the playoffs by one game or, you know, even miss the playoffs by one game. But I don't think that's going to happen. But something significant could happen. Like you lose that game and you miss out on having home field throughout by uh, one game. But to uh, turn their season upside down over this, and that's essentially what you'd be doing if you suspended them three or four games. That's, that'd be crossing the line. So I don't, I don't know that that's what should be done here. All right, before I went to the break, we're going to promise a discussion on early offers. How do we feel about it? When I say early offers, I'm not even talking for freshmen anymore. Or sophomores, we're way past that in the recruiting uh, game. We're past that. Now you're seeing offers going out to seventh and eighth graders. And uh, how should we feel about it, the public at large, the parents, the coaches, all that? How should we feel about it? Now you can't get mad at the individuals that are getting it. I mean, it is what it is. But how should you feel about it? If you're a 2016 player, let's say, we're talking about this recruiting cycle. You're a senior, and uh, you certainly feel worthy of an offer from Division I schools. You're there, you're out on the field, man. Perhaps you're a two- or three-year starter, and you've happened to put together a pretty solid career for yourself. And uh, schools show up on campus, and they're watching your spring football, and you're out there putting it in and uh, having a pretty good practice, and you've had a good off season, You've done what you're supposed to do, and they look right past you and offer the kid on the uh, JV or middle school football team last year. What goes through your mind then? Probably the time where you step in and start telling a young man life isn't fair, but... What are your thoughts on that? You know, this once was taboo, offering kids this early, 7th and 8th graders. This was once taboo. You know, the biggest instance of this was uh, the 
Was USC offering a quarterback from Redline Christian Academy? David Sills offered him as a seventh grader. Happened to see the kid in live action as a ninth grader and was definitely a solid quarterback. I don't know that you can call a kid a USC prospect in seventh grade at the quarterback position. Nevertheless, he got the offer. Then you had uh, LSU do it with a uh, young man, I believe is I believe this is his senior year coming up. Don't quite remember his name. I'd have to look it up, but they've done it. And I've had a couple of other schools do it. But now it's starting to look to be a little more commonplace, and I'm wondering what's going on there. My theory is this. When the handful of schools did it in the past, there was a lot written about it. It was talked about quite a bit. And there was a lot of attention there, free publicity for that college football program. A lot of people talked about USC there. Not that they really, really needed it. I mean, USC was winning a lot of football games, and they were, you know, in the in the running for national championships every year. But I guess when it comes to recruiting, every little bit of publicity counts. And so USC got their publicity, and LSU got their publicity for offering a middle schooler, you know, like I said, taboo. Interesting story. And perhaps off of that, other programs saw the publicity and said, okay, well, there's an opportunity for us to you know, get some publicity ourselves by offering a middle school player. Because we all know recruiting is very, very competitive. And with that, you uh, you get this happening, and if one thing, uh, if, if something's done by a college program and they appear to prosper from it, you best believe the other college programs are not going to just sit there and watch. They'll be doing it too. Very much a copycat league when it comes to recruiting, and as a result of the attention that was gained by the college football programs by offering early. We're now starting to see it more and more. But is it devaluing the – is it devaluing offers in general? Now, granted, when you see a 7th or 8th grader, and let's say he's an offensive lineman prospect, and he's already 6'4", or 6'3", 6'4", uh, you can reasonably expect – that barring something catastrophic, whether that be injury or a kid just lose total interest or something of that nature, that he's going to blossom into a kid that you'll probably make an offer to. So is it best to wait until he blossoms into that or to be able to say to that player, we were your first offer way back when? Don't you remember that? And hopefully the kid does remember that. But is that what's playing into it as well? So a lot going on there. I would love to know what you folks think about it. You can reach me on Twitter at GoodIronStuds. If you're listening to the show right now and you've got a free moment, feel free to call in 347-633-9365. How do you feel about early, early offers? And when I say early, early, when I put that double early on there, I'm talking middle school. 
What are your thoughts on that? Is that too early? What does that do to the kid? Does that, in the kid's eyes, devalue the scholarship offer? What happens when he gets to high school? Is that a big deal when he gets an offer now? Been getting him since seventh grade, my man. What's another one? It's I, I'm anxious to see where college football recruiting goes. Because, you know, it was once taboo to offer an eighth grader and it was done. And then a uh, seventh grader was offered. You know an offer's got to come to a sixth grader and then a fifth grader. We're going to offer someone in fifth grade. I mean, where does it stop? Is that going to happen in my lifetime? Just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where, in fact, that goes. So, if you have a thought on that, you can give me a call, 347-633-9365. Early, early offers, middle school offers. Not in high school yet. It is not the local high school coach coming down to give you an offer, although we're probably going to end up having that going on, too. There, uh, Listen, I have said it several times that uh, – I don't want to be around on the day that a kid holds a press conference to announce where he's going to high school, but looks like it's going to happen. I'm not going to make it out of this life before something like that happens. But this is not even what's happening here. It's not the high school coach coming out and offering a kid, although it's probably going on, and it's something that's probably going to grow because uh, recognizing talent early on and getting it to your high school and Getting the kid to play for you brings uh, more success and so on and so forth. Man, this recruiting thing is absolutely nuts and something that bears talking about. All right, have you been to the new gridironstuds.com? If you haven't and you're a recruit listening right now, take your, get yourself over there right now. Sign up. Awesome new site. Much better than the last version, and the last version was very nice, but uh, um, this one's really, really, really nice. You're going to like this. whole lot of uh, elements there that you can take advantage of. Join now. You can enter stats, create your profile, height, weight, put in your track times, put in your 40 time, list offers, schools of interest, put in a bio on yourself. It's limitless. Plus, you can exchange messages. And there's a fan element that's coming. So get yourself over to gridironstuds.com and complete, register, and log in and complete your profile. Let yourself be seen. College coaches coming to gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for players. How about if they see you? And it's not just a place for people looking to get recruited. You four- and five-star big-timers, you can also come on the site there as well. Let yourself be seen. Let everybody know why you are a five-star. And uh, I've got a ton of uh, features coming up for uh, the big timers as well, as everyone's going to have a good time on this site. It's going to bring together the fans, bring together the athletes and college coaches, and it's going to be a good time for all. So head over there right now, gridironstuds.com, and fill out your profile today. Do it now. We'll be back right after this. football, right? 
Well, that's not going to happen unless you have a highlight video. And if you want one of the best highlight videos in the country, then visit Under the Radar Highlight Videos right now. They will give you their best. 10 DVDs, affordable, done fast. They'll even remix your highlights or take your huddle highlights and put them on YouTube. And they've worked with some of the best. Deion Sanders Jr., top recruits in the country, Adoree Jackson and Joe Mixon. Current UCLA wide receiver Shaquille Evans, Cordell Brodus, son of Snoop Dogg, as well as top 2013 USC recruit Stuart Craven. If you want to be seen by the colleges and have the offers rolling in, then you need to contact Under the Radar Highlights right now. Visit them at youtube.com forward slash users UTR Highlight Videos. That's youtube.com forward slash users forward slash UTR Highlight Videos. Get over there, get that video made, and be seen by the colleges now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. On the Gridiron Stud Show, 1045. Finished up the last segment talking about early, early offers and talking about offers for seventh graders. I'll say we're only a year or two away from a sixth grader being offered. God forbid if we get a six foot or a six foot two fifth grader walking around some private school uh, when a recruiter shows up, we're gonna get we're gonna get a fifth grade offer dropped on somebody. I don't know if I want to be around for when that happens, but from uh, offers to seventh graders to talking about the grown man's game and the game at its top level, I am happy to have my next guest on. It's Robert Bailey, president of Rosenhouse Sports. Hey, Robert, were you uh, were you offered as a eighth grader coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That only yeah, happens in basketball. That yeah, really I think I, I think you and I were looking for offers as seniors too, right? Probably. Well, by, by the time I was a senior, I mean I, I, you know, I started getting letters my junior year, my uh, my eleventh grade year. I wouldn't call it junior, but my eleventh grade year in high school, I started getting letters, and uh, you know, I wasn't a big college football viewer. I, I rarely watched college football. Probably before I went to college. I probably watched two college games in my life. So the only reason I went to University of Miami at the time was because it was the closest thing to home. And uh, I took all the other I took all the other visits, but I was going to Miami the whole time. I you know I didn't I didn't look at I didn't care about aesthetics or you know what they were what they were offering or how the how nice the campus was. I was going to stay home no matter what. So that's how it worked out for me. Yeah, I don't I don't think we. Uh... I don't think we cared much about that stuff back then. And, and really, um, 
you know, not to bang on kids now. It wasn't really made a big deal of back then, you know, the, the what the locker room looked like and the weight room. I mean, you remember our our weight room. Yeah. Nothing special. I just know guys got big and fast out of that thing. Nowadays, it all counts. They exactly. look at, I mean, you go to Alabama's campus, you go to, like, Oregon's campus, UCLA. These are all campuses that, Man, it, it it looks like a a spa. You know, the grass is always <laughs> yeah. green. The weight room is, is, is bigger than you know, the weight room is over two, three thousand, four or five thousand square feet. The cafeteria is no longer even called a cafeteria. They they have every single meal choice that you can possibly have. You know, when we went to school mm-hmm. we ate whatever they put on in front of us. But that now they have a if you're a guy that, you know, you got all these different diets, the paleo diet, all these different things, if you were just going to eat fish, they, they, it was available for you. If you were just going to eat, you know, you're a vegetarian, they would have it available for you. When we went to school, you were a vegetarian, you were just out of luck. Exactly, exactly. So it, it was it, – things have changed, let's just say. Um, and I know you're – you know, you're there and you're seeing it, and um, I'm, I'm sure you obviously compare, you know, your time to uh, this time now. You, you know, you, you're still you're still very much involved in football, so you get to see how things have changed over the years, which is part oh, of yeah, what we're yeah. going to talk about here. Um, yeah. We just had the NFL draft, and, you know, I had a chance to see, you know, some of the preparation. Um, could you tell us more about it? So, you know, just kind of take us through – uh, how this goes, and I guess you could talk about guys who are obviously going to be drafted. What is the process for them? So the bowl game's over, and a guy knows he's going to go, whether he's a senior or he's leaving early, a guy knows he's going to go into the NFL draft. What's that whole process from the end of that bowl game to uh, the the event we had last weekend? Well, let me tell you something, man. It is far, far different than when we played. You know, mm-hmm. from the process for us, just just to give you a comparison. You know, when we played, um, after our bowl game, we basically kept going to class mm-hmm. and worked out at our school gym with mm-hmm. our weight room guy, mm-hmm. and that was it. You know, we did that until it was time for the draft. Now mm-hmm. it is far different. It is more corporate and more business. Now, as soon as your bowl game is over, usually that night, uh, we're talking, you know, hour and a half, two hours removed from the bowl game, the player has signed with his agent. Mm-hmm. He then uh, he then really drops out of school. I, I, I don't know if drops out is the right word, but Essentially, though, I mean, essentially, that's what happens. Essentially, that's what happens. They drop out of school. Most of these guys have a couple, of, you know, a semester or two to go to finish graduation. So for them, um, it's, it's no big deal. But I, I, you know, for juniors that have a whole another year and a half, you know, that's why it's such a big major decision on whether you should come out as a junior. Um, from there, you really. You, you know, where, wherever your agent wants you to train or wherever you, you train, it's usually at a facility that has been built and manufactured for training. 
uh, pro athletes. There's the the, the, the regular blow Joe is not in there. Mm-hmm. Only professional athletes and, and trainers who are training them for specific, um, you know, movements for, for the mm-hmm. for the combine. If you're in baseball for whatever your position is, it is all mm-hmm. specific training. Then that happens really the first February, you know, March. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this has happened. And then guys usually from that point go to their bowl game in terms of mm-hmm. star games. So it could be the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl, East West Shrine Bowl, NFLPA Bowl. Those guys leave the training facility and go to their bowl games. They play their bowl games. And then right after the bowl game, they fly right back to the training facility, get right to it. At the training facilities, you know, there's a nutritionist, there's 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 medical, there's therapy. You know, you have you have everything from, uh, you know, steel plated weights to mm-hmm. you know scientific machines that that tell you, give you percentages of, 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 of weight gains and, and muscle. And, I mean, it's very specific. They drink, you know, drinks, nutrient-filled drinks. and, and I'm sure every bit of intake water. is measured and, and all every that stuff. I know that. Measured. If you're a guy that needs to gain weight, the, the program that you, they put you on will be to put a certain amount of calories in you, and they watch it every day. Your guy that needs mm-hmm. to lose weight, they put you on a certain program to with less calories, and they watch you every day. And it is, mm-hmm. I mean, from the time you wake up at six in the morning to probably around six at night, you're at the facility doing something, you know, muscle activation, the regen, pool work. I mean, you name it. It is just for the combine. Then, well, I think this is, is uh, this not like the first uh, taste for these guys as to what the NFL is, and that is actually a job now? This is your full-time job? 100%. 100, you know, when we talk to guys, the thing that, that we always say is, you know, it's, it's no longer you're playing, having fun in college. Now it's a job. It's a business because after this, there's no other level of football after the NFL. There's no, you don't go to the next level. This is the right, last level. Right. And you either get it done or you go home and, and, and you know, try to get a job in your degree or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, your, your situation life, is. Life moves on, so, I guess, so to speak. Life definitely 100% moves on. But from there, guys go to the Combine. Um, at the Combine, you, you know, you guys have seen what happens there. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys get interviewed by every team. They are being uh, looked at by every NFL doctor. They get they do all the measurable tests, then you know they fly back home and they get right back to work because now they have to do the pro day, which is usually uh between two to three weeks after the combine you have the the pro day, which is another uh testing event that the n f l puts on at the school at each individual school now the pro day is really for guys who they want to improve on their their uh, measurables at the combine. They mm-hmm. they would you know do those specific movements and and runs again to try to improve. But the pro day typically is just really to see guys doing field work in their environment 
Um, you know, more more one-on-one. The teams have a lot longer time with them. So that happens at the pro day. Plus, the pro day also is to give guys at the school who did not go to the combine an opportunity to, an opportunity to be seen. After the pro mm-hmm. day, teams that are interested in you set up a third workout. That usually happens, you know, like I said, another two to three weeks after the pro day, teams start setting up individual workouts or mm-hmm. just meeting to, to, to interview you just to make sure that they're getting a guy that, that not only has great character but fits the chemistry of their team. You know, mm-hmm. every team coach is looking for a specific type of guy. Some coaches want, you know, leaders that that are really about keeping the team together and mm-hmm. working hard. Some coaches want, you know, nose to the ground type of guys that are grinders. That, but you know, you know you, but you know what strikes me, Robert, is that this is such a detailed process that you're laying out, and there's so there's so much involved in it, and for all of that, you still see it getting done wrong. Like guys still come up and end up a bust that just totally didn't fit in or one thing or the other. Yeah, I mean, you're still seeing that. I want to say almost at the same rate um, as back in the days when, as you described it, we stayed at school and worked out in the facility and then, you know, kind of the draft happened. So what would you say to that? Why, why, you know, why does, why is it the same just about in terms of a bust rate? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You know, there are certain guys that are classic old school football players. You know, they got the square chins. They got they got the they're never fully cleanly shaven. They are they are, you know, hard nosed type of guys that do nothing but play football. Now, if you pull out a stopwatch and you pull out measuring tape and you put them on a field to do um, movements that measure um, their athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me put it this way. That measure what, they, what teams think is their athletic potential, but it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with who's going to run through the wall. Those mm-hmm. are the guys that typically make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The guys mm-hmm. that, that are just okay football players, they, they, you know, they, may, they may have had some success, but when you put them in front of a watch and you put them in front of measuring tape, they jump off the board. The charts are out of this world. They can jump over the moon. They can mm-hmm. run faster than, you know, the speed of light. These guys mm-hmm. look the part. But they have muscles in every area. They wear their mm-hmm. tights. They look like Adonis. They, you know, they mm-hmm. just look like the, the guy that, that everybody thinks is going to be a huge superstar. But mm-hmm. all you got to do is look at tape from, you know, Little League, you know, middle school, high school, college. If you're not looking at a superstar throughout those years, you're probably not going to get that superstar in the next level. But the NFL is so much, you know, remember, these coaches and scouts want to keep their jobs. And sure. the, the best way to keep your job is, to, is, to, is black and white. That's what's on paper. It's not, it's not what you tell the owners what you saw on tape. It's what you show the owners on paper because you want to have something to back up your claim. And, when and you Robert, got that, is so much, that is so much in line with what's going on with 
college football recruiting. It's that same mm-hmm. deal. I will see quality players that get overlooked time and again, and they have those qualities that you've just pointed out that makes a successful football player, but because they don't have the measurables, something you could bring back to the conference table during the recruiting meeting, right. they just don't get picked up. And it's almost like the coach is saying, lie to me. Please right. lie to me. Right, right. And you know, I mean, classic, so classic, classic example that everybody uses is Tom Brady. If you mm-hmm. looked at Tom Brady's combine numbers, if you look at his body, if you look at Just everything. Just a picture of him there. Just a picture of him, I would have asked him to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just It does not scream superstar. But if you go back and you look at Tom Brady's play at Michigan, and you look at his play when he was in high school, and you check him out, he was a winner. Yep. He, the guy was a winner. Now, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are great players, and they got all the measurables. And you win. You know, you, those guys are easy. You win with those guys. But, you know, the buzz come when – a guy, you know, jumps out of the, the room, runs that 4-3, runs that 4-2. But if you just go back and, and look at the film, if, if there's years and years in consistency of just average play, you got an average player. I don't care how fast he is or how high he jumps. If he's an average player for the last 10 years of him playing football, the odds of him coming into the NFL where these guys are professional and you think he, all of a sudden he's going to go from average to superstar, I mean, you know, it's tempting for those teams, but, but the reality is those are the ones that end up being a bust. And yep. uh, Got to gotta love the game. Got to gotta love yeah, the game, that, that on top of everything else. Because we all know the NFL is a grind, man. It's a full-time job. And if you don't love it, at some point it's going to, you know, bear itself out and oh, man. your I've performance will not be what it is. And it's, I've seen guys uh, play football from Little League, get all the way to the NFL in training camp, you know, we wake up one morning and, and that person is gone. I mean, in yep. their car, driving home, they quit. After after years and years and years of playing football, some people is just not made for them. Some people, mm-hmm. they just can't handle the stress. You know, they can't handle the demands and the responsibilities and some of them, it breaks them, you know. But these guys played great in college. I'm, I'm assuming uh, that, you know, they had the same demands in college. But for some reason, the NFL, which is all day and it's a job, it's not like college where you work out, you go to class, you got, you know, you're, you're, you're studying, you got girls, you, you got all these different things mm-hmm. happening. The NFL, you wake up in the morning, you got to get in your car, you got to pay your bills, you got to go to work, you come back at night, and you wake up the next morning to the same thing every day for a full season and really to entertain the public. And, you know, they, they have one day off a week, but the rest mm-hmm. of it, every single day, you know, it's grinding. It's about football. Yeah, it, it's about football, and you better love it. i got to ask you this question. Have you in recent history seen a guy buck the whole process, meaning um, it's so specialized now that you have to drop out of school? Have you seen guys who have gone relatively high in a draft that didn't follow that whole uh, that, that whole process where they just did stay in school, they did train at school, they finished their coursework 
for that second semester, and they still uh, ended up going where they were projected to go in the draft. Have you seen that at all in the last three, four years? That, that, is, that, 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 is, that is the dinosaur, man. There are no guys that does that anymore. The norm, mm. the norm now is, as an agent, to send your guy to a specific facility. If, you're, mm. if there's a guy that's doing that, that's not going to a facility, that's training at school, that's going to school, that's doing all these different things, he is not really a highly rated player, and he probably doesn't have an agent at that point. But all, mm. all agents, you know, because you, you want to make sure that you, you give the guy every resource possible to make it. Mm. You're spending, mm. on average, about $50,000 plus dollars getting him ready for the NFL. So, typically, you know, you're, you're putting – and that, that, that doesn't include the time every day making calls, talking to teams, general managers, scouts, coaches. You know, you don't want to have a guy going to school. You don't have a pulse on what he's doing every day. If he's in, sco- if he's, uh, in school, hanging out, you know, not training, you, you, you don't know what he's doing, you know. Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. don't. But, but. It, there's there's one or two cases, but not many. Ninety nine percent of the guys, when they're getting ready for the NFL, they're a hundred percent in. They're ready to go. They're nose to the to the ground. They're going hard, training every day, and they want to make sure that if they do not make it, they can look at themselves in the mirror and say they did everything possible to make it. Well, there's a big thing that goes on that you know in 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 college football recruiting. Kids are concerned about where they're going to school and how it will relate to their NFL opportunities. And you know, obviously, every high school uh, aged player that is has an opportunity to go to college has the NFL in mind. And you have a, quite a few of them that will worry about where they're going to college, so they don't. Uh, want to find themselves at an FCS school or a Division II school because they think that's going to really disrupt their ability to become an NFL football player. So all they are looking for and trying to get is the offers from the FBS schools. And if it's if it's not an FBS, I don't want it because I want to play NFL football one day. What can you say to a high school age player who's uh, thinking along those lines? What would be your advice to them? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, nowadays, more than ever before, you're seeing players getting drafted from college into the NFL from all different kinds of schools. There was a guy that was just drafted from Hobart. I have never Mm -hmm. even heard of that school. So Mm -hmm. it's just that the NFL now, with the billion-dollar teams, these teams Mm -hmm. are now worth billions of dollars. Right? They now have the resource. They now have the technology. They now have the money. These guys, if you are an athlete and somehow you slip through the system in high school and you end up mm-hmm. at a small school, the NFL will find you. I'm a true believer that if you were meant to be in the NFL, you'll be mm-hmm. in the NFL. The one thing I tell guys, a lot of times players ask me, and I don't like to tell them yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. Players ask Hey, Robert, should I come out as a junior? Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of times they'll come, Rob, should I come out as a junior? You saw my game, my, my season. You saw, you know, how I played. I think I played well. I always say to them, you know, 
your first obligation to yourself is to get is to get your your education. That's number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Number two, no matter what, if you are meant to be in the NFL, you will be in the NFL. If you mm-hmm. come out this year or you come out the next year, if it's meant for you, you'll make it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell yes or no, but you're either you're either a great athlete and you're going to make it, or you're not. That's the mm-hmm. bottom line. So, all I can tell you, the only advice I'm willing to give you is get your education. If you come out early, go back to school and get your education. If you come mm-hmm. out on time, make sure you graduate. You know, get mm-hmm. your education. Coming out early or not, hey, if you're if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. You you you'll make it. Coming out of high school, mm-hmm. if you've got an opportunity to play at a school that you don't think it's a big enough school, if, if you're good enough and you work hard enough in the weight room and you work hard enough on the field and you look at film and you do all the right things, you'll stand out, and it doesn't matter what division you're in, you'll stand out. A lot of people will say positive things about you, and the NFL will find you. That is, that is what I've learned over the years. There are a lot of guys coming out of small school. And the NFL will find them, and they always do. Such a, such great advice there, and one I can certainly echo. If you do everything that you need to do, doesn't matter what corner of this country you're in, you will be found. Uh, and, yeah. and you know, most recently we could point to the guy that made the last play in the Super Bowl. Man, he didn't come from Texas. He didn't come from USC. Exactly. He didn't come from Florida, Miami. He didn't come from Ohio State. He came from the corner of uh, the United States in terms of football. So he did what he had to do, yeah. and, and, and he's there. Um, one of the questions I get from most lay people, what, what's that? You know, per- perseverance is the most important thing, perseverance. You know, they get, oh, you got yeah. guys out there videos up on YouTube that the NFL is, is giving tries out to. If you, like, if you got the talent, man, they'll find you. If you got the talent yep. and you find a way to show them and you do everything, you work hard, the NFL will give you a chance. There was a guy that got. I guess there there, were, there was a story yesterday about a guy who camped out in front of a, a team, and a t- another team gave him a shot. He's going to go into a mini camp, go to a mini camp and get a tryout just from camping out. And man, if you got talent, they'll find you. And, and if they find you, you just got to do what you got to do to make it. It's not for everybody, but if it's for you, eventually you'll get there. Yeah, there's certainly enough money. <clears throat> uh, certainly enough money being spent in the league for them to find you, no matter. Where you are. Uh, you know, last thing here, and I get this from a lot of lay people that want to talk to me about the NFL. Uh, they'll ask me about contracts and um, how those things work. Um, for those who don't know much about it, um, how, is the, how is the first round? Let's just talk about the first round. How are those things set up? How do they go about doing the contracts now? There's obviously a, less haggling going on. Can you tell the people listening why that is the case, and, and how it really how the first round works in terms of uh, signing bonuses and the actual contracts that the players will be signing here in the next few months. Well, there was a new CBA, the NFL and the NFLPA negotiated a new CBA, and you know the the one thing that prompted that that really pushed it was just that the guys that were being drafted. You know, number one, number two, there was a, a good run, a couple of years of just guys that, that were bust, and the amount of money that was going to these players. And then, you know, there was there was a, a big difference from guys who, who were doing it in the NFL and the money that they were making. So they tried to 
they try to create a a system where, you know, if you get drafted, you, you, you know, you'll, you'll get paid. But, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted that money that the NFL um, was making, the percentages of it that goes to the players. They wanted that to, to go more towards the veterans, the guys who were actually producing and being successful on the field. They wanted to make sure that the bag of money was there for them. Now, you know, a guy like the first pick of the draft, you know, he, he, he'll typically make about – Fourteen million signing bonus. His, his deal will probably be, you know, a, roughly a twenty-two million dollar deal. You know, so I mean, these guys are, are still making uh, good money. The top of the second round, you know, the first mm-hmm. pick of the second round probably have a, a bonus of like two point three million compared to the first pick of fourteen million. So you know, before the, the new CBA. Those those numbers those numbers were, were were double almost triple. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the money is there, but but they want you to reach that second contract. You got to be motivated, and you got to work hard enough to make that second contract. And when you make that second contract, that's where the retirement money is. You know that, that's yeah. where the retirement money is. Yeah, and it's less yeah. haggling because there, there's more of a structured to 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 the. You know, being drafted, there's more of a structure. There's still a lot of negotiations that go on in terms of in terms of what what language is going in the contract, when you're going to get your money, how much money you're going to get. You still, you know, an agent still has to negotiate. You know, how, how much of that cap number he can he can go up to. The team is still trying to keep that cap number lower. The agent's trying to get mm-hmm. it higher. You know, mm-hmm. the first 15 picks. You know, a lot of people say that the NFL, you know, there's no guaranteed money. Well, the first 15 picks, the full contract is guaranteed. All the mm. years are guaranteed. So, and that's wow, a lot see, of people there, don't there's know something that. there a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people don't yeah, realize that they just think it's the, it's the signing picks. bonus. Right. The first 15 picks is just not the signing bonus. It's the salary. It's everything. You cannot cut a, a, a pick that. You cannot cut a guy that was drafted in the top 15. It's just, you know, you're just paying him. So, right. so here, you know, we we have made progress, and to be quite honest with you, I, I wish, I wish every NFL player that was drafted had a guaranteed deal because mm-hmm. they all go on the field and they all do the same things, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of uh, the, the, the the career, the length of, of of career is not as long. There's injuries. There's, so, so I, I, you know, I wish at some point, hopefully in this in the future, we we get to. Um, you know, we get to a position where everybody's contract is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But until you know, until then, we just keep, we, you know, as agents, we keep fighting to get as much money for our guys to get it as fast as possible and have a balanced contract. Yeah, um, you know, when you look at the NBA and and you know, listen, not not to take away from the NBA, obviously exciting, a lot of entertainment value, but certainly not as physically demanding. Uh, at least from a violence standpoint, is the NFL, and those guys have guaranteed contracts, and the NFL basically does not uh, always well, you know, baseball, make you wonder. Baseball, baseball has guaranteed contracts also. Yeah, them you too. Know? You know, them too. So um, it's just, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day for the NFL. Right. From an owner standpoint, if you're an owner in baseball or owner in basketball or owner in, in, in NFL, you know, those owners are looking at the NFL owners and saying, man, those guys are doing it right. You know, yeah. the, NFL, the NFL owners are putting more money in their pocket now. You, you know, then the players are looking at the NFL and saying, "Man, those guys are doing it wrong." You know, so it's, it's right. just 
perspective and how you look at it. And but but you know the CBA will be, um, you know it will be it will it will go through a new renegotiation when the time comes, and then hopefully you know the, the players get more and more and, and more and, and they have more of a security for for themselves, more financial security for them and their families. And, you know, you know, for me, it's it, it's more about the medical. You know, I I just wish that once you're in the NFL and you play a certain amount of years, that they would they would give you medical for life because you know I, I'm I played 11 years, I'm now 46, and I you know my hips they didn't hurt me you know five six seven years ago, but now like my mm-hmm. hips hurt, you know my knees mm-hmm. start to bother me and. And it's you know a lot. It's, it's from the NFL. My back. I mean, this is chronic pain, like uh, every day. So I I I only hope that in the future that mm-hmm. they come up with a plan medically where guys can continue to get medical treatment to preserve you know whatever good health they have after you know a certain amount of time in the NFL, whether it's six, eight, ten years. You know they can they can certainly uh, look out for those guys because the NFL the NFL has a lot of money and, and I'm I'm sure you know putting the, some more money towards uh, the guys is not a bad thing in terms of medical. Yeah, um, and that's something I think everyone can can agree with. So hopefully we'll see that uh, come along. Man, listen, this has been a great and very useful conversation. I I know high school prospects really will uh be able to take a lot from this so robert i want to thank you for being on with us on the gridiron stud show today uh not a problem man you know my my last part in words for those guys is work hard every day and the time that you're not working somebody else is and if you take that attitude that every day I, I wake up i'm going to do something to get better you will make it if you don't take that attitude and you're in the street and you're in the club and you're, you're doing all the wrong things the, the the guy that may not have your talent but is doing everything that he possibly can, he will be the one that will get picked first. So, you know, good luck to everybody out there that's listening that, that may have these, these goals ahead of them. Uh, you know, good luck to you guys, and thanks a lot, Chad. Man. It, was, it was an honor and pleasure being on your show. No problem. I'll definitely have to have you back on again, but thanks for joining us. All right, buddy. All right, that's Robert Bailey, president of Rosenhaus Sports. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, very big-time agent. Everyone knows who he is. And uh, Robert Bailey, former University of Miami cornerback, who, as he said, spent 11 years in the league, uh, won a Super Bowl, um, and uh, did really, really well for himself and is now president of Rosenhaus Sports, providing uh, some great insight um, and information for high school football players to use. Since, you know, Gridiron Studs is really a, a big about college football recruiting, and a lot of these high school players, if not all, want to be in the NFL someday, and so that was some very good information to take there. And and the parting words, I can agree with wholeheartedly. Those are words to live by. Put in your work, because if you're not doing it, someone else will, and just because you're the most talented right now does not necessarily mean you're going to be the one that makes it. It doesn't really work out that way. I've seen a lot of very physically talented players uh, not make it both in college and also get sent home in the NFL. So uh, working harder, working smarter is what will get you there uh, at the end of the day. So uh, very pleased to have Robert Bailey joining me here on the uh, Gridiron Stud Show. And, get we get to wrap up another great show. I want to thank you all for listening. 
Tomorrow I'm on again at 10 a.m. with my co-host, Amo Calamino, as we run through the issues and events and happenings of the college and NFL football. And uh, always fun doing the going into the weekend shows. The Thank God It's Friday show, that'll be up at 10 a.m. Same bad time, same bad channel. I want to thank you all for listening to the show today and continue to listen to the Gridiron Stud show. And bring a friend along with you. We are still a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. And we'd like to thank you for that. And then until tomorrow at 10 a.m., enjoy the rest of your day. Great on Stud Show. recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. 